Still using a manual razor? Join the facial hair revolution with the Philips Norelco One Blade. This innovative tool lets you trim, edge, and shave your beard or stubble with ease. One Blade, your style, made simple. Available at Walmart. This is NoBS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1592. I'm Jeff Alton, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. This is another one of my Job Search Radio interviews, and it's with a woman named Kate Payne, who's a PR person, or was at the time of the interview, and we're talking about using LinkedIn effectively for self-promotion. Uh, it's a different perspective than a lot of people would talk with you about. I, th- I remember thinking that the show was very good when I recorded it. Hope you find it helpful. Hope you give it a great review in Apple Podcasts. And you know what? Next week, we hit episode 1600, the first podcast in job search to hit 1600 episodes. And I also want to remind you that because this was recorded over phone lines, we were originally going to try and do it as a video over a service called Blab.im, but there were technical problems. We just couldn't get it going, so we went back to phone lines. So it doesn't have the perfect audio quality that I like to have these days. So my apologies. That's the way it was back in 2015 when this was recorded. And with that, let us get going. You know, as you look at LinkedIn profiles, I don't think I have to tell people that they shouldn't use a kitten shot, they shouldn't put on the wedding gown or the uh, the tuxedo shot. I think most people know that it's a professional headshot that they put on. But there's a lot of, that goes wrong with a lot of people's profiles. When you look at a profile, when you're critiquing them for people or writing them for people, what do you see that they've done wrong? What are, what are the big mistakes that they make? Well, um, I think that some of the biggest mistakes, and it's not even the fact that they're doing something wrong, it's just that they're not aware and educated about some of the, the new ways to be able to brand themselves on LinkedIn. So the first thing I looked at, look at is the headline, which is the spot right underneath your name at the top of your profile page. It's where typically put, put, people put their um, job description or title. And that was the way it was back uh, probably over a couple years ago. And then LinkedIn um, – has an algorithm now that keeps shifting and changing, as does Google. And um, they suggest now to optimize your headline so that you're talking about um, what you do, not who you are and what you do, because no one's going to go on and search for, um, you know, financial representatives. Uh, Level you know, 14. Exactly. So no one's, no one's going to go in and, and search for somebody by name. No one's going to go in and search somebody by, for, by title. Um, they're going to look for the industry. So, um, for example, whenever I take a look at someone's profile, I say, well, first we need to fix your headline, and we need to do that right away. Let's optimize it for the for SEO, and I will give a caveat here. I always say, um, as far as writing and the kinds of things you want to put in your headline, your summary, and in other sections of your LinkedIn, you want it to be about you. You want it to be conversational in tone. So I always say write 80% for yourself, like for, for authenticity, and 20% for the robot. You still need the SEO. It's what helps rank you higher. But you still want to be, um, you don't want to be keyword stuffing either. <laughs> so when a person writes their headline, uh, mm-hmm. should they be thinking like the um, LinkedIn job titles? Like, you know, as someone who periodically advertises on LinkedIn uh, for, for positions, they encourage me to start typing 
and they will automatically populate a field uh, for me once it recognizes what I'm trying to communicate. Should someone do that for the profiles, uh, for the headline as well? They they can. I um, I go a bit deeper, and I think that any I mean anybody can do this. So think about it. When you go online to Google and you're going to search for a place to go on vacation or you're going to search about something you want more information on, you think of those keywords or search terms that are going to be relevant to your search, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, for somebody like me um, who's a LinkedIn profile writer, somebody might go in and type in LinkedIn profile writer, writing service, LinkedIn profile makeover, something like that, and then that's a search term. That's a keyword or a search term. Um, So... What I do is I try to find a few terms that fit within um, LinkedIn's 120 characters. That's not words. It's characters and words combined, so including spaces. And a lot of people don't think that, so they'll write 120 words and it's not going to work. <laughs> By a lot. So, <laughs> by a lot. So, um, for example, for me, I, I, I'll, when I'm working with someone, I'll take a term for them. We'll, we'll do some research, some SEO research on their keywords and terms, what's popular, and then also I pick out something that's kind of quirky about them that isn't a search term, but it's something that in their headline that makes you relate to them. That might be something kind of funny. I always say funny, but not cheesy. <laughs> um, for, for example. Mine, for, well, for mine, for example, I have um, woman-owned business champion. Um, so I've got all my PR and my LinkedIn stuff, and then I say woman-owned business champion because that's an icebreaker, or could be. Um, I just did one for a woman who is the head of marketing for a large law firm, and she's, you know, the head of marketing, does the PR. She's very, very talented, master's degree. And her hobby is riding horses, and she's a serious horseback rider. She goes on vacations out west to ranches, uh, working ranches, and that's her, that's her hope someday. She actually really wants to either own a ranch or she always jokes that she wants to be in a rodeo. So here she is, this, you know, really big-time professional, well-educated, and in her little quirky thing it says, aspiring rodeo queen. And, um, I love it. Isn't it great? Yeah. So I do, I do that with um, – I suggest that to everybody I talk to, and I do it for all of my clients. I find that one little quirky thing to put in somebody's profile because you know what? If you're amongst the thousands of other financial representatives out there, what's the one thing you love? People are going to remember you for that. It's going to make you stand out from the other people who are just sort of using the, the regular old terms. And, and it, it shows such a difference to stand out. You have yes, to stand out. In a universe of currently 300 million plus people, you know, you have to do something to distinguish yourself. Otherwise, you look like another robot on LinkedIn. Yes, exactly. Yep. So that's where I go, and I also tie that into their story and their summary. When we can, we can discuss that when we get to that section. But the headline is crucial. It's also one of the highest places that LinkedIn places importance for keywords and search terms. Is the headline the summary, and actually your volunteer section. Interesting, the volunteer section. I, I know we're going to come to that a little bit later, but I, I, I want to stick with the headline for a second and, and a yes. detail. And, and I know applicant tracking systems sometimes have difficulty reading anything around the line. So if someone puts a line underneath their some part of their resume, most applicant tracking systems have difficulty reading what's above or below. And the same thing with slashes. You know, they have trouble reading before or after. Do you know if the, if the headline has that same issue as well? It doesn't have the same issue. It actually has a different feature on that same vein that you're talking about. You could actually use a pike. Um, it's the straight line. 
um, that's on your on your keyboard. It's called a pike. It looks like a, a capital I or L. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. you can use a pike to separate. You could use a bullet point. Um, you could use any kind of little uh, bullet point. You know, if you want to use a star. I don't like the star. I think it looks funny. <laughs> um, it looks a little flashy. So I use a pike. And what happens with that is when you use the pike or the bullet point between those terms in your headline, um, that actually isolates that term before between the two pikes as a search term, so LinkedIn sees it that way. So, for example, in my headline, it also says Vermont Public Relations. So that's a search term, and I've got a pike before it and after it. So that that pike, of course, counts towards your character count too. Sure. Does that does that make sense? Did I answer your question? Because you did beautifully, and that's a whole run. And I have to go back and look at my profile after we do the show. <laughs> I happen to have your open yours open, Jeff. But you know what? Yours is fine. Because you are who you are, so you get away with that. <laughs> but you could put something quirky in there about you. That would be fun. It's hard. Given I, have to do the, I have to do the recruiter thing. I have to do the big game hunter thing. Uh, of course. And, and I have to do coach because uh, yes. that's, that's the work I'm moving towards. So uh, at the end of the day, um, I'm kind of limited there. But I'll take a look uh, about the line there and, and see if that works. Right. I can get something in there. So it's another way also to do that when I – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I'm sorry I interrupted you. My apologies. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's also when I look at someone's profile, it's one of the first things I assess. Because some people have obviously made – have been reading up on LinkedIn or they stay in the loop and they stay fresh on all the updates across all social media platforms, which we know change by the hour practically. Um, you can tell when somebody's paid attention to the recommendations that they've read in blogs when you see somebody's tried to do that with their headline. So when I see that, that's also a sign to me that somebody's really making an effort and they, they're trying to do, you know, the quote-unquote right thing. Ooh. So uh, we've got the headline down. You, you mentioned the summary before is the next major um, area of improvement. I'll, be, I'll follow your choice of terms uh, rather than mistake like I used. Uh, <laughs> How much space can someone use in their summary area? They have 2,000 characters. Again, that's words and spaces combined total, not 2,000 words separately. Um, That comes out to be about 600-ish words, depending. So um, I have what I call a recipe. I hate to say formula because formula makes it sound like I'm trying to fit people into a box, and I'm not doing that at all. So I have a recipe that I use for summary, and it's three parts. The first part should be um, who, who you are and why you like what you do, why, what got you inspired, or a little something about yourself. Um, maybe in the case of my client that was the aspiring rodeo queen, she might put in there about her love for the you know, equestrian world or something like that, but, but then ties it into what she does. Then the middle piece of that would be what the person's pain point is. You know, Obviously, some, everybody's out there to solve somebody's pain point, whether it's a product or service, right? Mm-hmm. And and then the the last piece would be how you solve that person's pain point. So in other words, it's not what a lot of people think it is currently, which is a summary that is all about you. It's really about who you are, why people should be interested in you, and how you solve somebody's um, pain point, how you solve their problem. Interesting. And you put it in the summary, not in not necessarily in the text describing what you've done for organizations. You can still have the... the, the, Correct. I apologize. 
I need to No, we're both excited about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I know. <laughs> You're very passionate about this. You do it all the time. You've helped a lot of people, and you, you want to make sure that everyone gets it. I, I understand that, and it's wonderful. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you've been working with people for a long time and placing them in jobs. I mean, it's pretty rewarding when you know you've had a hand in helping somebody get there. Agreed. And I know that's true of you as well. So rather than compliment one another, let's go back and give folks more info. <laughs> okay. So, so, um, so in the summary area, we've got, we've got this, this cookbook or the recipe uh, with three parts to it. Are you someone who encourages people to put their contact information in the summary? Yes, I do. I always try to put at the end something like let's connect, even though it's not linkable. I mean, like it's not a clickable link. Um, it's good to put it there because some people don't know to click on the contact info, that little tab that has the little mini Rolodex icon on it. Um, mm -hmm. Some people don't know to do that, or they don't list it in the bottom where you can have another contact section. So I always just put in there, and make sure it's an email or a phone number that you don't mind the public seeing. Right. I, I'm a believer in that as well. Uh, and my premise is if someone is looking for someone like me, I don't want them necessarily using an in-mail to communicate with me. Uh, Correct. I want them to be able to just reach me right away. No delay caused by uh, connection request being sent to me. Uh, and for a lot of job hunters, and it does seem like people are not logging on to LinkedIn as frequently as they once did, uh, any delay can have an impact on whether or not they get in front of an organization for an opportunity. So Absolutely. Clearly, clearly anything that makes it easy for something, someone to reach out makes a lot of sense to me. Well, it's just like the law of having a website. Make it easy for people to find out what they need quickly. If they have to click more than once or twice or they have to go search for something, you're going to lose them. Agree wholeheartedly. And now we're going to pause for a second and do my insider tip for this show. And we're going to be back with more from Kate in just a moment. This show, I'm going to do a tip about uh, some of the one of the mistakes I see in people's resumes all the time, which is objectives. And I hate to be this blunt about it, but I am going to be this blunt. Who cares? Who cares what your objective is? Employer uh, can read that objective, take, take a look at it and go, our job isn't that way, and wind up not contacting you for an opportunity that you would find interesting. The objective, if you include it, locks you into one particular outcome, and thus you put yourself in a box that can wind up hurting you. It's not that your goal or objective should be ignored, but I think you'd rather find out first from an organization what they're looking for so you can make an informed decision rather than just simply saying, I'm only looking for this. So rather than use an objective, yes, you can include a summary. You can use keywords in the summary. But instead of the objective, use the email of a cover, of a cover email. Uh, use your email, I should say, like the old-fashioned cover letters to communicate what you've done, how you've gone about doing it, and how your background fits what an organization is looking for. So that's my tip for this show. There's a lot more on my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. Visit the site. Go exploring. There's a lot there that you can watch, listen to, or read to help you find work more quickly. Now let's come back to Kate and find out more about LinkedIn profiles. Ooh. So, so we were talking about summaries there, and we were in agreement about making it easy for people to reach out to someone. Uh, from, from 
once they've identified someone as fitting on LinkedIn. Um, anything else about the summary? And, and again, I um, think it's useful if you repeat the three points again so people can hear them once more. Well, the first, the first thing is to just really keep it compelling and make it creative. Um, make it so that it has three parts to it. Who you are, why people should care about you, um, why you know what you know. Just, just, to, just like a paragraph and don't go on and on again. Then lead into, is this your pain point or is this the product you need or is this the person you're looking for to fill this position? And then address that, how, how you know, this is your pain point. And then the part, the, the part after that is this is how I solve your pain point or this is the skill I can bring to your organization. And then if you want to transition into the experience section, then you can have more in the experience section that might um, tease out a piece that you would refer to in your summary or that is something that exists on your hard copy resume. Cool. Now, URLs on LinkedIn. URLs, you know, I have one that I adopt. I was a member, I think, 7564 of LinkedIn. So as soon as they start, they start offering things, I tend to get them offered to me early. Mm-hmm. So when I wanted to um, brand myself via a URL, I was able to grab the big game hunter. Mm-hmm. For a lot of folks, there are a lot of names that are already taken. What do you think people should wind up doing if their name has already been chosen? Well, especially people have common names, it's going to be hard. I mean, if your name John Smith, that's going to be tough. You'll probably be um, John Smith number 1,500 or something. So you can try a middle initial. Um, you can do first letter, letter, last name. You can, if you have um, a business, use, use your, if you're a personal branding, you know, for your own business, um, use the name of your business if it's, if it's short. So you can type it in, and then, of course, as um, some people will may not know this, LinkedIn will keep giving you suggestions. So try to think of something easy um, so that if you use it on a business card or in your email signature or even in the middle of a conversation saying, look, look me up at LinkedIn on um, at Kate Payne, that would just tell them that my, you know, my LinkedIn address is slash Kate Payne. So there's ways to try to get around it. Initials help even if you are like a senior or a junior, if you're a guy, something like that. See how you can make it work for you. Cool. So, uh, and I agree. You know, we have to do something that distinguishes you rather than those 147 character uh, uh, URLs that LinkedIn seems to, to give out when you first sign Oh, they're horrible. You don't need percent yeah, signs and asterisks and exclamation points in your uh, LinkedIn address. And it's free to do this, by the way. You, and you don't have to have the premium version. I mean, this is a free thing to have. You don't need to have a special version of LinkedIn to be able to do that. Cool. Now, you mentioned volunteering, and I don't want to forget about that. Um, so any particular reason you think LinkedIn you know, advantages volunteer work? Well, I think that in our world today, more and more people are getting involved in so many different ways um, to help in their communities or help, you know, with a national cause or something like that. And when it, when you show that you're engaged, now, I, whether you're a person looking for a job or um, a, a person who owns their own business or a business owner or an employee or whatever, showing that you're engaged in your community is um, something that people really want to see. You know, we're talking about uh, renewable energy and our more green uh, economy and all of those kinds of things that volunteering is now really um, LinkedIn pays a lot of attention to that like I, like I mentioned earlier it's 
the most searchable parts of a LinkedIn profile are your headline, your summary, and the volunteer section. And the volunteer piece was fairly recently um, added into the mix with LinkedIn within the last maybe three to six months. So even if you haven't done any hands-on volunteer work, even if you've just even if you've just helped um, in your kids' little league, <laughs> and you've been a parent that's helped, you know, make things happen and put something in there. Um, it shows that you're engaged in your community, and it shows that it's just not all about you. And people really like that. I think they connect with that. And so LinkedIn obviously places weight on that, and it is important. And um, I think it tells a lot about somebody. It's sort of like that little quirky piece we talk about using in your headline or mentioning in your summary. It's another way for you to stand out from somebody else who isn't taking the time to do that. Fascinating. It, it escapes my logic system to understand why it's important that um, uh, LinkedIn, it's so important that LinkedIn wants to tell, wants to advantage me in search because of that, but hey, I've got some good stuff I, there and I'm going to do it. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and even if you fill out, if you don't put in the volunteer section, I mean, it's not like if you don't have it, it's going to ding you. It's just that it, it, and if you have it, it'll help you. Um, but it's not going to make you, it's not like if you don't have it, it's not like having, it's not the equivalent of having a non-responsive website, <laughs> which could ding you in Google. Um, and it may, and it may make a, make, make the use of somebody's website poor. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're a supporter, like if you're a financial supporter, you certainly don't need to mention that. But there is that section about causes you support. You know, fill out the ones that are there. If it's humanitarian relief, education, health, at least check off the box and, you have an opportunity to put in the organizations you support. If you want to, you can choose them. So if it's the March of Dimes or it's Make-A-Wish or whatever, you can, you can add those in there. And, again, that still shows that, you know, your, 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 your breadth of capabilities and interests makes you more interesting. Now, the body of the profile, the stuff about what someone's done, um, mm-hmm. I think the temptation a lot of people have is doing a copy and paste from their resume. It sure is. No, 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 no. <laughs> Take over. Tell them what to do. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Jeff. What do you think? What do you tell people? I, you help them do their resumes. Do you tell them the same? No, uh, I do tell them uh, the same thing. And what I say to them is really very simple. Think like the audience of recruiters that's out there trying to find you. What do they want to know about you? So part of it is keyword stuff. I don't want to say stuffing, but making sure the key keywords of your background are prominent in that section as well as they would be in a resume. But I also think in terms of uh, you know, some of the metrics that most people don't include uh, in either their resumes uh, or in their profile where you can measure your success or your impact on an organization. Mm-hmm. So that could be money saved or money earned, things along those lines. Uh, right. Is that is that what you would have people communicate as well? And what else do you yes. have them do? Well, I have them send me when they when they fill out my um, my questionnaire and intake form. Um, I also ask them to send me a copy of their CV or resume, and it's, most of that is for pragmatic use, so that as I'm um, uploading information, I have that chronological order of things. Because a lot of people don't even include it on their LinkedIn. Um, and that that's not doesn't serve them well either. I mean, we don't have to go back. If you're a person that's in a career transition in your 50s, you know, we don't have to go back to the job you had when you got out of college. <laughs> um, so, you know, going the back truth to is, years, if you ever get a job based upon what you did in the 1970s, keep it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
And you don't need to let them know that you waited tables. <laughs> Unless you're trying to become like a Vader D or something. I don't know. But um, at any rate, what I, what I will suggest is, hey, hey, you've got this really well done in your resume, and you've talked about how you've um, saved company money, for example. Um, then pick out a case, a, a case study out of that, a quote-unquote case study, where you can write maybe two or three sentences about the one thing you did. You can still note that information, but how did you do it? Did you pull a team together? Did you, you know, whatever it is that you did to make that happen, tell a little bit of a story about it, and I mean short and sweet. A lot of people put lengthy, lengthy descriptions in, and LinkedIn will give you a lot of room to do that. But, you know, we're in a, in a world where people want to get the meat of something and they want to get it quickly. Um, and a lot of recruiters, frankly, you know, I've got two good friends um, who are headhunters, and I'm sure you must say the same thing, Jeff. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, people skim. So they don't necessarily... You mean we don't do read every thing. word like it was, like it was a <laughs> Dostoevsky? Come on. <laughs> So, so, so while it's compelling, keep it concise. Um, and, and showcase something that so that when, when a recruiter or a potential employer goes to your LinkedIn page, they're going to get something there on your profile page that's different than what's in your profile. And I go back to, again, the part that makes you stand out, the little interesting pieces about you, um, things that nobody would know about you. Those, those really make a difference. It, get, it makes you far more well-rounded to somebody if you cut and paste your resume and you put it in your LinkedIn, I mean, you're basically looking at the same thing except they're getting a picture. <laughs> That's a funny way of describing it, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> and I'm also going to remind people about something here because it happens all the time. We all know firms are looking at LinkedIn profiles after they get a resume and while they're engaged in the interview process. But so many job hunters forget to make their LinkedIn profile and their resume congruent. Correct. And I, I, find, I find it absolutely bizarre. Like yesterday, yesterday, the day before, I was talking with someone uh, who was involved with, I don't want to mention the industry he was in, but you know, I looked at his profile, I looked at his resume, and different organizations are leading it off. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's, that's interesting. And it wasn't <laughs> that he didn't update it. It was just completely different things were there. So, right. He was, re- he was referred by a friend, and I had to very politely smack him uh, and, and say, you know, you know firms are looking at this. This firm doesn't exist anywhere in your resume. What do you right. think is going to happen when someone discovers this? Right. So, right. The answer exactly. is your resume is deleted. And, and I'll, I'll add another tip to what you're saying, too, is um, it amazes me when people are job searching and they really want to use their LinkedIn profile and I'll say, well, what company are you trying to apply to? Well, I'm applying to X company. Well, I don't see it in your groups or companies that you're following. <laughs> you know, a recruiter is going to go look and think, you know, are they, are they doing their homework? You, know, you can't tell if they looked at your website, but you can tell to see if they're at least following the group or, um, or the page for the company um, within LinkedIn. I mean, that just makes sense. It's just a smart idea to do that. And for a lot of professions, I had an earlier guest do a show about Pinterest, and that's a way to, to initiate engagement is by following the firm on Pinterest. So especially for people who are in graphical or visual arts, uh, it's a great place to follow. But that's for a different show. That's the one I did. That is a different show. Under. But, yes, right. I mean, any of those things that are tools where people can go and check to see how you're doing something or if they really are going to go after you, they're going to look into this stuff. They're going to see if you're paying attention. 
And that's a great way to look at it is paying attention uh, because amateurs take the lazy approach. They're passive. They wait for things to land in their lap rather than going after them or giving the appearance of going after them. Right. And by following a firm, it's not like you're, you're engaged in so much effort. Stuff is going to come to your inbox. Great. <laughs> right. And you can read it at your convenience. Great. But it does give an impression to an organization. You know, we're starting to come up on the end of time with one another, and I want to make sure we cover other points that that you want to make uh, about how to create a great profile for LinkedIn or how to use the tool well. So I'm going to hand you the baton here. What haven't I asked you about that we need to cover? Well, engagement is key. I mean, having a, prof- a, a great, solid, strong profile is great, but if you're not utilizing it or you're not utilizing the platform, then, um, you know, I always say at its most basic, everyone should have a strong LinkedIn profile, even only because it's in some ways it's our current phone directory, if you will. And if somebody's going to look you up, think about it. If you're going to go meet somebody for coffee, whether it's an informational thing or somebody wants to pick your brain or you're going to meet coffee because it's a friend of your kid's friend who was thinking about going to the college you went to, you're going to look them up online. You're going to type their name in and what's going to pop up, typically their LinkedIn profile. So why not have that LinkedIn profile be correct, refresh, keep it um, updated and fresh and accurate. <laughs> so at a basic, almost, it should be that. I'm also going to mention groups as well because I'm a big booster yes. of, of group usage. And LinkedIn just made it a lot easier for people to sure be did. involved with groups. So releasing the new groups app uh, makes it so easy if you're taking just five minutes and you want to start working at creating the impression to lots of people that you're an expert in your field. Using the group app, it takes so little time that it's just a no-brainer for becoming involved with groups more easily. Correct. You you nailed it. Nailed it all in the head right there. So LinkedIn, as some people may or listening may or not may or may not know, there used to be private groups or um, or there were open groups, and they were um, the private groups were moderated. And so if you wanted to get into them, you'd have to you know be invite. You'd have to request an invitation, and then you'd get vetted. And then if they accepted you, you were in. Um, there were other many open groups that you could just join, and you'd be in. Um, those open groups started to become very spammy over a long period of time, and so LinkedIn finally uh, made all groups private as of about two weeks ago, and um, which is going to be great because it's going to weed out a lot of the spam, spammy people that are in there. And one thing you could do now is to, if you get engaged in groups, you know, a lot of people go, well, I can't, I don't have time to participate in 10 groups. Well, then fine, follow 10 but be active in one or, you know, whatever works for you. But if you're going to do it, be consistent and be committed. Um, engaging as a thought leader, showing yourself and, and being a thought leader in a group works. I, every single person I've worked with, it's helped them and they never did it before. It helps me in my business for sure. And um, it's, a, it's another, it's just a no-brainer to be able to get involved and engage with groups. Certainly doing regular daily posting where you're sharing um, other people's, you know, peer industry kind of articles, uh, your own little nuggets based on something you might have put on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else you use. Just use different wording so it's not duplicated. Um, add tips. If you think you can do it once a week, commit to once a week. If that starts to work, go more. Make it manageable. Uh, it's easy to talk about these things, as you know, Jeff, about all the things we can do, and then someone feels overwhelmed, like that sounds like so much more time. Uh, so make it manageable. 
Right, and the, you know, I would say if you can, if you're in a field in, where this makes sense, write for the publishing platform or the blogging platform, depending upon how you want to describe it. Do a that quality was be the next article. thing I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, do a quality article for for the blogging platform. Uh, LinkedIn will share it with your followers. Uh, you can put it to Twitter and Facebook. Uh, in addition, uh, you can post it to Google Plus any number of ways. But it goes a long way toward demonstrating your expertise. Sorry, I took your thunder. My apologies. No, 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 you didn't. It was a nice. Uh, no, you're exactly right. It's sticky. As we know, sticky meaning evergreen. It has legs. It lives forever in LinkedIn. And it goes out to everybody on LinkedIn. And the numbers that are there that tell you how many people have um, seen it, liked it, shared it, are actually very accurate because somebody actually has to click on that title in order to read it. It's not like just an impression or what we used to call impressions in the days of print ads or print promotion. So um, it has legs. I've only done a few of them. I should be doing them more. And whenever I do, I have always uh, received really great results from it. And so have many other people. And it's exciting. And if you make a post, um, it also posts automatically to your page, your profile page, so people can see what you've written and when, and they can click on it to go read what you've written. Again, it's another super tool. If you're job searching and you like to write, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a tool you should be taking advantage of. And I'll remind you folks, as you, as you end that, that article, make sure you have a link to your profile page so people can send it, a connection request to you. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few more ways to get more from me. First of all, visit my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. I have more than 6,000 blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read that will help you find your next job. If you want the best of my advice, join JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I've curated information with a focus on interviewing. If you decide to take the lifetime membership at the site, It's $299 currently, but that's the price of a coaching session or an hour of coaching from me, and I'll be giving that to you if you join with a lifetime membership. Have a few questions? Contact me through the Magnify app for iOS or PrestoExperts.com where you can call me. Schedule a specific time with me through chat on Magnify or by connecting with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. Once we're connected on LinkedIn, you can message me about coaching you, scheduling in time for Magnify or Presto Experts, speak with me about a resume or LinkedIn profile critique, help you with a salary negotiation or my trusted advisor services, and much, much more. Like you, I don't work for free. I do charge for what I do. You can take my classes on Skillshare and become a premium member using the link in the show notes and receive two months for free instead of just the one that the site offers. Skillshare offers thousands and thousands of courses, not just simply mine, on a host of different subjects that can help you in many different ways. Lastly, join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's free to the first 250 people who join and is focused on helping you do better at work. Information is shared daily and we're attempting to build a supportive group there. 
asked to join. I'm not letting recruiters in at this point. So I'll be back tomorrow with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great. ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.